0: Hey, good morning, everybody. It's so good to be here with all of you who are here in the house with us uh, as we get together here tonight. And I always want to acknowledge all of you who are out there watching online, watching live with us, and, and worshiping with us as well. So glad that you are able to take advantage of that. And uh, my name's Andy. If we haven't met, I'm one of the pastors here. And just like what you heard, uh, man, we we really do exist for you to take next steps in your journey with God. That's why we're here. That's, that's what we believe. And we just want you to take, wherever you are, that there's always a next step to take. And we, you just heard about a bunch of stuff that we got going on. I want to encourage you to think about where you are with God and how how your, what your next step looks like and to get involved with what we're doing, man, to, whether it's coming to Next Steps class if you're new or getting into a group that's coming up or, or joining. Uh, we believe with your kids, we, we definitely have a next step for you. I want to encourage you to not just stay there and sit and, and, and consume, but to like contribute, be a part of what we're doing. God will start moving in your life, I believe, or continue to move in your life. Uh, and so with that said, I want to continue what we're doing in here, uh, and I want to welcome you to uh, to week number four uh, of a series that we're calling What to Do When. And this week, here's what we're gonna look at. We're gonna look at what to do when I'm in a valley. What to do when I'm in a valley. So uh, go ahead and, and if you got them, go ahead and grab your sermon notes there, get those out. I've got a lot of notes that, that hopefully God will help you with. And uh, by the way, uh, if you notice, we do hand out notes now. We got brought those back. And, uh, and if you're someone who doesn't do something like that or if you're someone who's not really, you wouldn't say you're a note taker, I get it, totally get it, uh, but man, I just want to like encourage you to try it. Just try taking some notes for a little bit. I think it helps out a lot uh, with some of the things that happen, and you're like, oh man, I remember God had something to say about that a few Sundays ago, and man, to have those notes there, I think God could do a whole lot with that, with what he says, uh, with specific things in your life, and, and, and you'll notice we have them three-hole punch, because uh, we also believe keeping together is really good, so we have binders out there. They're out there in the lobby. You don't have to pay for them. They're free uh, for you, and you just grab one, take one, keep those notes handy, uh, and I think that they will be Helped you. And I think today, here's why I'm telling you, because I think today God will say something that I think is very useful today, because we all go through valleys in our life. And I think God has something to hold on to in the valleys that we all experience, okay? So there are a lot of valleys. I thought about this. There are a lot of valleys that we go through in our lives, a lot of them. So as I was thinking through some of the valleys in my own life, maybe some valleys that I've been commonly talking to others about, I just thought I'd maybe to get started, uh, if you have your notes out there, just to, to list a few of the valleys that we go through, some of the common ones that we experience, and maybe. Maybe that'll help us a little bit get moving uh, with the valleys of our lives. Here's the first valley I thought of. A lot of us go through this valley in our life with God as we go through a valley of spiritual dryness. I think a lot of, of us have experienced that, where you don't feel, it's not like you feel disconnected from God, it's just you feel kind of, I don't know, just spiritually dry. You're, you're just not on fire. It's not like you're away from Him, you're just not really on fire for Him, uh, and it's, it's kind of hard to find fruit when you're in this valley of life. does It uh, doesn't mean you're drifting away, kind of like we talked about a few weeks ago with when Chad talked about that, but it's just a valley. It's a valley we go through, and it's almost like you're in a desert time, just a dry time. And what can happen in that valley, though, is that you just kind of, sometimes you get a little hardened maybe in there. Maybe you feel like, you know, you're a little burned out. Your prayers are just kind of hitting a ceiling, or maybe it's just you feel like you're just giving out way more than than you're bringing back in, and you're taking in, it it's like just dry. And and here's the thing, if you've never been in something like that, uh, you know, don't don't think you won't. Like, we all will go through that. And, and just so you know, uh, every leader, just about every leader that you read about in the Bible has gone through uh, a valley of spiritual dryness as well. David uh, writes about this in the Psalms. Here's what he says about it. He says, man, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. Now listen this. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. I think a lot of us, when you read that, you know what that's like. You know what that feels like. I think for a lot of us, it's like you just you're moving with God. You're moving okay, and, and everything's going all right. And then just without something happening or anything big going on, you're staying close. You're staying in His Word. You're praying. You're with people around God. It's just it's almost like you hit a like a, a drift or or like a pattern or something like that, and, and it's and you know you just become indifferent. And I, I meet with a lot of people that that bring that up, and and so we just got to know that that's a season that we experience. It's a valley that we go through. Uh, A lot of the Christian life is going in or being in or coming out of the valleys of dryness. And so here's the thing. We have to know how to meet God there. We have to know how to meet him. Here's another one. There's also the valley of no. There's a valley of no. Who loves hearing no? Nobody, right? Like nobody loves hearing no, but sometimes we ask God. We ask God for things that we, I don't, don't think that's that bad. It's like, why, How? how is that bad? That's a blessed thing. Like that's not a wrong thing. And, and we still sometimes hear no or we get resistance and we, and we wonder, we're like why did you say no to that? Why didn't I get that thing? It's not like it was extravagant or anything like that. And, and it's hard to hear no. It's, it, listen, and, and sometimes, not all the time, sometimes, we get into a valley because we find ourselves in a no from God from time to time. And I know for me, uh, you know, I'm not the, I'm I'm not a guy who wants to say no. Like, I just think about God saying no to me. I don't want to say no. Uh, But here's the thing, like, with having a couple kids, it's just what comes out of my mouth. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it just happens all the time. And I'm like, I don't want to be that. I'm that guy. And I'm like, no, 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 right? And I'm like, all kind I'm like, can I say yes sometimes? And um, and so I get it, I get it. And I wonder if, if God has the same kind of feeling I do with my kids. Because here's the thing. I say no to them because I love them. I say no to them for really good reasons. Reasons, you know, they not, might not believe me, but I'm doing it to protect them every now and then. And, and their eyes look at me like I'm not, but I, I'm, I'm definitely protecting them. And, and, and sometimes, whether they believe it or not, my kids, like, I could see into the future more more than they can, and I, I understand what that yes might end up doing, and that's why I say no, but it's just still not easy to hear no, you know, because I think for us is, you know, maybe it's about spending our lives, putting our energy and time and in this career that we know we're here for, but then we kind of, we don't get that job that we feel like we were put on this earth to do. Maybe it's about wanting change in that person that you love so much, and you just, you don't see it happening. You're like, man, why don't you say yes to that? Or, you know, I know people who've, who've started ministries, who've started ministries, churches for the right reasons. And, and for some reasons, it just, they, they shut down, doesn't pan out. Um, you know, I think if you've been there, you know how that feels. That it's a valley that we go through and, and the circumstances are unique. Some are harder than others. Some are different than others. But I think we've all had a time where we've experienced a valley of, no, here's another one that I thought of. is a valley of darkness. There's a valley of darkness, Gang, listen, I mean, the fact is, on this earth, this is not our final destination. We have a final eternity waiting for us, but while we're down here, there is a lot of darkness in this world, and and here's the thing. The darkness, while we are in Christ, and while we all do follow Jesus, and we are saved, and, and we have an awesome life that he wants us to have, it doesn't mean we don't feel the effects of the darkness that's around us, and it even takes us from time to time to a valley of darkness, even those of us who are in Christ, and, and I think, uh, you know, I don't even want to use a label here, because I think if I threw a label out there, I think a lot of us would use that to say, no that's not who I am. Like if I threw out a label of depression or or something like that or anxiety and so I don't want to use a label to give you a way out of this but, but maybe you can point to, if you can really think about it, point to some dark nights of the soul that you've had more often than not. Or maybe a point in time or a season in your life where, where anxiety and worry has like kind of marked you and, and it, you, it's just a, a rut you've been in and it pops up. Maybe it's not depression, uh, maybe it's not, but maybe you can say that you've had times where you felt lonely or, or down uh, or sad. The valley of darkness can have a lot of different ways that it shows itself as. It shows itself up in a lot of time, but it's a valley. Uh, and the Bible doesn't shy away from it. That's the good news in the bad news that we have there, but it's good news in that. But there's a whole book of the Bible that's dedicated to that. Uh, Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations, and it's all about being in this valley of darkness and despair. Uh, in Psalm 31, David says this. Here's what he says. He says, listen, for my life is spent with sorrow. My years with sighing, my strength fails because of my iniquity, and my bones waste away. I thought a lot about this, especially with COVID going on, um, I think the reality, I don't think I'm surprising anybody. I think that the reality is there are a lot of us right now, there are more of us struggling emotionally, spiritually and relationally than ever before. Uh, I was just doing some research on this as I was getting ready for this week and I saw a study done and they kind of collaborated a lot of stuff. It was a study done at Boston College and they were looking into the effects of this uh, with COVID and all that stuff. And so this is 2020 data uh, looking at the previous year, but here's what they found. Like that, that just in this past year, that anxiety and depression got up to like 60% higher, 40, what was it? 60, yeah, 60% higher, 44% in depression and 50% uh, higher in anxiety. That's six times higher than it was the previous year. Uh, and this was a survey done by one and a half million people. It's also said that within the age range of 18 to 29, uh, that anxiety and depression increased to 65% uh, with, with the, within that age group. And then in a quarter of the adults in that group were using drugs and prescription drugs and alcohol to cope more. Uh, a quarter of them were using it more. And a quarter were actually experiencing so much, like the deeper bouts of depression, talking and thinking through suicide. A quarter were thinking through those in the last 30 days. This is alarming. This is what I'm, so, but here's what I want to say so if, if you've ever been there if you've ever had, been in a place where the world doesn't make sense and you're trying to make sense of God and you're trying to wonder like what is this valley about I want you to understand that A. the Bible doesn't shy away from it and B. we need to know how to navigate through those waters we need to know how to meet God there what to do because he does have something to say to us about that here's another one is that we go through a valley of hurt right we go through a valley of hurt or struggle that's a valley that we go through there's some of us who are in the valley of, of loss or heartache, that you've had a heavy burden going on in the season of life in the valley. And, and here's what I know, man. In a church this size, uh, what I know is that not just a couple of you walked in this way. There's a whole lot of you that have walked in that this is marking where you are right now, that something is going on, something's broken. There's a heartache going on in your life. And, and here's what I want to tell you before we get to what we do. I, just, I do want to tell you something about Jesus. I want to tell you something about your Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us that he is a man of sorrows that he is a man of sorrows and why the Bible says that he is because he wants you to know that he knows, that he understands that he's been through some things and he does that just so that we know that he understands and that he can meet us in that grief. He can meet us in that heartache. When I look at the things Jesus did, I mean, I look at the emotion that he had for people, the heartbreak that he had for people, the tears that he cried for people, man, I think that he did that to prove to us that he is a God of comfort, that he did come to comfort but it's a valley that we experience and here's the last one. Here's the last one. I don't know. What I do know is there's a lot of valleys and I don't know if you've ever been through another one that I haven't listed or maybe you're in one right now, but there's all kinds of those out there and maybe you can just take a moment and say, I don't know, maybe there's this one and you can write that down or God, I know this is the one that I've experienced because there's all kinds of valleys that exist, but here's what I want to tell you today. This is where I want to go after we just listed that. God has a lot to say about the valleys we are in, everybody. He has a lot. In fact, as I started looking through uh, the Bible, I found way too many places, way too many places uh, that I had time to talk about where God calls out the valleys, where He encourages us in the valleys, and where He helps us through the valleys. That's the good news. Uh, but I do want to go to a few places to see what God does have to say. And one of the first places I want to go to is in the Old Testament. Uh, it's in the book of Isaiah. It's in Isaiah 40. Uh, and what Isaiah the prophet is, is, is going to tell us, and what God wants to let us know about, uh, is He's going to talk about something. Uh, he's going to talk about Jesus, who hasn't, doesn't come for another 700 years. But this is what He says to them, and this is what He's saying to us today. This is in Isaiah 40, with the valleys that we go go through. It says this. It says, Hey, a voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now listen to this. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. So this was written again, seven hundred years before Jesus was born, and it was pr- it was promoting and promising the coming Messiah, Jesus coming to us, that the glory of the Lord will be revealed. You know, so back in the day, what was going on this time? What the people knew when this was written is, is that when a king of the land would come to visit his people wherever they were, when he would come, uh, they would send a guy ahead of time. I don't know how long ahead of time, probably months and months, maybe maybe a year ahead of time, and he would tell the people in the town. He would say, "Hey, the king's coming, so we got to get ready." And so he would make a list of everything that needed to be done, all the preparations that needed to be made. And one of the things that they would do is they would like flatten as much of the land as they could so that they would have a, a straight path for the king uh, to get there and to be smooth and straight. And this is what Isaiah is saying happens when Jesus comes. That this is what's going on. That when Jesus comes, that the path is laid out for him. And, and what I want us to see is that it says this with the coming of Jesus, that every valley will be exalted. When Jesus came in, he, he gave us a message about our valleys. You know what he said? He said, in God's kingdom, the low will be lifted up. He said, the low will be lifted up. That's so upside down uh, with what we experience and what we think in our economy. But God says, no, this is how I work, man. So I want you to know if you're here and you're in a low place, if you've ever been a valley uh, of your life that God didn't bring you there, that's the first thing you need to understand. God did not bring you there. Know that, but here's what you need to know. Jesus came so that every valley in your life could be filled every valley in your life could be filled. God will meet you in that place, and he will lift you up. Amen, everybody? He can lift you up. I want to go to a few more places just to encourage us before we talk about some of the valleys. Here's another place in Isaiah. says, I will open the rivers on the bare heights. Listen to this. And fountains in the midst of the valleys. So refreshing here. I will make the wilderness a pool of water, and the dry land springs of water. Here's what the psalm says, man, you make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. David said, man, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil man because you are with me man this is who god is this is what he wants to do in our lives so what i want to talk about for the next few minutes here is before we go any further today, I want you to just hear one thing, man. That the God that you know, the God that we have, the creator of the universe and the sustainer of life and the giver of Jesus us, he isn't just the God of the mountains, he's the God of the valleys. That he is the God of your valleys. I don't know what kind of valley you're in, I don't know what you just came out of or maybe going into, but whatever it is, you need to know that God is there and he will lift you up and you need to hear God clearly, okay? So here's what I want to do if you're taking notes. I just want to talk about a few realities about the valleys that we have. Just a few things we need to know. Here's a First thing that you need to know about valleys one is that they're normal, they're normal. You just need to know. Like when you hit a valley, that don't be surprised. Don't be shocked uh, when, when you come to one of these places in your life. It's not wondering if a valley is going to happen. It's just knowing it will. And so we don't say, why me? That's not what we do. Uh, we don't say that we don't wonder what God is doing or why God is punishing me. They're inevitable. They're inevitable. And so here's what the word has to say about it. It says this, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. So, so they're normal. Here's the second thing that we need to know is that they're also normal. Normative. They're normative. I mean, here's what I mean about this is what I mean is the, the, the valleys don't discriminate. Like They don't discriminate. They don't look for just the the certain kind of person to hit on our lives. They're very impartial. And here's what this means for us in the Christian life. It means that valleys happen to people living the right way and also to people who are living their own way. It it doesn't discriminate. Valleys happen. In Psalm 34, I don't have it up there. Write that down. I'd like you to maybe just study that a little bit. But in Psalm 34, it actually says this exact thing. It says that affliction will slay the wicked that's what will happen in the valley. It'll slay the wicked, but it also says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But here's the difference, everybody. It won't slay the righteous because the Lord will deliver the righteous in the valleys that they have. And so they're normative. That's they're normal. They're normal, it means they're, they're they're not they're not partial, they're impartial. Here's the third thing that we need to understand is that they're not predictable. They are not predictable. Like, you can't, like, foresee a valley. Like, knowing uh, a valley coming is kind of like trying to predict the winter weather in West Virginia. You know what I'm saying? You cannot do it. Good luck. Because it will blizzard one day and be 85 the next. You know this, right? Like, you have no idea what winter's going to look like in West Virginia. I pray for a snowstorm in the name of Jesus this winter. I love snow. I want it to snow for, like, three weeks. You know what I mean? But the kids still stay in school in the name of Jesus. Anyway, so. (laughs) Amen, right? Amen. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's it's predictably unpredictable. It's just like that. Here, listen to this in in a proverb. It says, so don't brag about tomorrow because you don't know what the day will bring. And so they're normal. They're normative. They're not predictable. And so now everybody, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I want to go from our encouragement that we just got, see what the truth is about these valleys. Here's the question then. What do we do? That's what the series has been. What do we do When a valley hits or when we're in the wilderness of our lives, how do we operate? What do we do when things uh, come and we need to consider and practice in the valleys of our lives? And so here's where I want to go. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab this. I want to go to a place. Uh, I did a lot of studying on valleys, and I found this one place to be so refreshing and so great. I couldn't wait to teach it. Uh, So go ahead and grab your Bibles and open them up to 1 Kings chapter 20. We'll be in there just for a minute or two. Uh, And as you're getting there to 1 Kings 20, uh, there's such a great picture of God and our valleys and who he is and what he does. Uh, and I'm going to get us caught up. So, what's happening in First Kings is Israel, God's people, uh, they're in a big fight. They're in a big war with another land, the, the Assyrians, or this is the Syrians. And and so, what happened prior to this is actually Israel had a victory. Uh, the Syrian army was a lot bigger, uh, but but Israel happened to get a victory in this big war. And so, the Syrians go back, and they're trying to they're figuring things out they're like what happened what went wrong and so they're kind of getting together and talking about this and so for the whole year they were planning again and they started making their plan they decided a few things that they thought of and because they had a different plan and here's what they said in first kings 20 uh verse 23 uh, if you find your way there this is what they said this is what they kind of figured out they said hey listen their gods and by the way that that's god is the only god but this is what they think uh their gods are gods of the hills that's why they were too strong for us. But if we fight them on the plains and the valleys, surely we will be stronger than them. And so they thought through this like, man, like, that's what got us. Because like, when they were up on the, the mountains, they had just were a lot stronger. They were a lot better off. And, and so they said, man, so we need to get to a place where our armies, where they're bigger and where and we can line up and say, let's go to the valley where we can line up and just be eyeball to eyeball with them and we'll outnumber them. And so that's what they do. It took a year. And so they come back in, they march in, Israel sees them coming and they're like, oh boy, man, like they were outnumbered like 10 to one and they saw all this going on. They were already lined up and they, they were out of these mountains. They were getting ready to attack. And so it's going to be a bloodbath. And gang, this is what I thought about. This is how we feel in the valleys, isn't it? We seem outmatched. We seem outnumbered. It's like we can't dig ourselves out of it. We didn't even know what got us in there. It's not like we're far away from God at all. But then it's like, man, how do we get out of this? Nothing's working. It feels hopeless. We feel helpless. And it's not like the mountaintops we've had with God. That's for sure. And it's like, maybe, is God still there? Where is he at, man? But here's what I want to see that happens. This is so great. This is so great, because this is what God says to them. This is what God says to us. So so a guy comes, a man of the Lord comes. It says, a man of God comes to Israel, and he comes to talk to them. This is in verse 28. Here's what it says. This is awesome. It says, a man of God came near, and here's what he said to the king of Israel. He says, thus says the Lord. Hey, because the Syrians have said that the Lord is, and I love how he changed that. He's like, eh, little God. That are the only God. That the Lord is a God of the hills, but He's not a God of the valleys. Therefore, I will give all this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Hey, I want to tell you something today. I, want, I just want us to understand something about God. Yes, he is the God of the mountaintops. He is the God of those times, but he's also the God of hope. He is the God of the valleys, and he will lift you up. Amen, everybody? That's what I love about that right there. He will lift you up. He wants you to know, man. He wants to come and say you, he just wants to tell you, man, I'm not just a God of the good times. I'm not, I want those for you. I, I want those for you as many times as possible. I am the God of, of when everything's going smooth, but I'm not just the God of when everything's going smooth. I'm also the God of the valleys, and I will lift you up. Gang, listen to me. Here's the reality. Life is a combination of all terrain. All terrains we're going to experience, man. We're going to be in the mountains, and we're going to be in the valleys with God. They're all present. There's going to be good and bad, up and down. And so, again, it's not so much about the kind of valleys we face as much as what to do, what to do about it when they come. And so I want to give us three things. Three things that we do is, hopefully we've been encouraged a little bit today about what God has to say about them. Three things that we can do uh, when we face any valley that comes up, whatever those valleys are, whether it's a valley of no or a valley of of, of darkness, whether it's a valley of spiritual dryness, that these are some things that we could do, and I think God will help us get through them a little bit better in our lives, and this is what we want to do. Here's the first thing we do. The first thing we got to do is distinguish and determine. Distinguish and determine. So the first thing that you got to do, right, you got to, is like, you got to recognize the valley that you're in. Uh, There's a lot of valleys out there. and I think the more uh, that you could get to a place where you actually can determine, okay, that is the actual valley that I'm in. I think you're going to be better off. And here's a good idea. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Write this down, write this down, ready, get your pens ready. Just write this down. Don't have a scapegoat. All right? Like, don't play the blame game uh, in the valleys of your life. It's easy to do, but I'm going to tell you right now, that's a cop-out, man. That's a cop-out. You do, and here's the thing. You could do that all day long. You know it, I know it, uh, to blame people for the valley you're in. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Try it. Uh, keep going as long as you want to blame somebody or have a scapegoat. But guess where you stay, and guess what you don't get out of as you keep listing the scapegoats and, and the blame game. Like, guess what? You stay in the valley. You stay in the valley the longer you do that, okay? I mean, my goodness. And here's the thing. I thought about this today. I thought about this today. Like, there's never a better time than to have a better scapegoat in your life. Like, there you, I, I mean, it's just like softball pitches out there uh, for you to blame something out there for what's going on in your life, right? I mean, gosh, you could say, I'm going I'm, to, I'll be impartial and I'll throw some out that I have heard people use as a scapegoat or blame for whatever's going on. Donald Trump, he could be one. How about that? Donald Trump, let's just ask his fault. Hey, Joe Biden, that's his fault. His, we, how about the media? How about we say the media? That's it. That's, that's the blame. Uh, how about the vaccine? Masks, no masks. Like, I could keep going on and on and on. I was very impartial, by the way. I don't want any emails, all right? Like, I was balanced, okay? I'm just saying, if you're trying to find somebody or something to blame, it's easy. It's a cop-out, everybody. That's not what we do. Come on. That's not what we do. What we do is we don't hit the panic button. Amen? We don't hit the panic button. We get introspective for a second. How about that? We say, man, what's going on? And we just go, God, what is going on? Like, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Say, all right, I'm obviously in a valley right now, and so here's what we say. What is it? What is it? Help me name it and understand it so God, we can get through it. How about that instead of blaming somebody that we name it, we determine it. Here's the second thing that we do is that we don't give it a deadline. Don't give it a deadline. Oh, by the way, if I missed something in the first one. Write this down in the, in, somewhere. Uh, don't be afraid to tell somebody when you determine it either. Okay, don't don't be afraid to tell someone. The more you invite people into this valley, I think the more power you give God to help you get through it, and the less power you give to everything out there uh, to stay longer in the valley than you need to. So here's, but what we also want to do is don't give it a deadline. I think a lot of us mess up on this one. A lot of us mess up on this one. It's that as soon as thing, like right? We're like, well, uh, uh, you know, next week, this time next week it'll be fine. Uh, I'll be over it. You know, and you know, as soon as this happens or that goes down, then then we'll be out of it. And, And you're setting yourself up if you do that. Don't give it. A DEADLINE, BECAUSE LISTEN, HERE'S WHAT I'M GOING TO TELL YOU, YOU DON'T KNOW. Like you don't know. Here's what I kind of know about the valley. I don't know which valley you're in, but here's what I know about the valleys that I've experienced. There are way too many things outside of my influence in order to give it a deadline. Like there are too many people in place. There are too many circumstances going on. Too many factors and conditions that are just beyond your ability, beyond your ability to uh, comfortably predict when you're actually going to get out of this and, and with certainty that you know it'll end. This doesn't. Now, here's what I'm going to say. This does not mean to have eyes and ears open uh, to get out of that valley as soon as God says, "All right, man, let's." Let's get out of that because you know you don't have to stay in the valley longer you need to but I think sometimes we do. Uh, my kids almost learned this this week. Uh, so this week was the first time uh, my kids rode the bus, okay? They rode a the bus to school. They're, they're finally in the same school, which is great. Uh, so we were excited about that. And so they're excited about riding the bus for the first time. And, and we went over and over and over again. All right, now this is where you get off. This is where, okay, right there. That's where you get off. You right, see that? There it is. There's a the mark. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, they're not paying attention. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, this is it. Because we drop them off. They don't ride the bus to school. They just uh, get dropped off. And so anyway, so I'm getting ready. Uh, come back to go pick them up right where the bus stop was, and so I'm sitting there waiting, and here comes a bus. I'm like, great. So everybody starts getting off. Uh, People are getting out. There's like four or five cars waiting in my neighborhood. Uh, Here comes the kids, uh, one after the other, and then I see my neighbor, Max. I'm like, hey, Max. And it starts rolling, and I'm like, whoa. So then I'm running like a complete lunatic. I don't... I don't know what I look like, but I'm sure that's what they put up a, a, a poster about. They're like, don't stop for this guy, right? Like, don't. And I, but I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, wait. So the bus driver's eyes were this big. And like, she's like, what? And I'm like, I don't have my kids. And she goes, who are your kids? And I said, Henry and Roxy Tool." And I hear, oh, and that was Henry. And they get off the bus... So after a mild heart attack, I'm like, what the heck, what are you doing? I told you where to get off. And so Henry goes, just innocently, he goes, I thought they were gonna take us to the house. And I'm like, they're not gonna take you to the house. And he goes, I was wondering how the bus was gonna turn around, Dad, I didn't know. Now, now, here's the thing. Here's where I want to catch us up here on this. The bus driver was great, and she goes, Now, hey, listen, just so you know, I go all the way out to holler, and then if they're still on the bus, I'll come back. And I'm like, They don't need to go to the holler. They need to get off right now. Now, listen to me. Sometimes you, you, you go out in the holler and you don't even need to in the valley that you're in. You hear me, everybody? You connecting the dots. So get off when God says to get off. Don't stay on like my kids. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes God ain't going to go, Henry. You know what I mean? Like, he already told you. But here's what I'm saying. But, you, but, but at the same time, man, like uh, many of us, I think sometimes we, we get let down, we let ourselves down by trying to predict the future as well. We gotta let God work. We gotta, we gotta figure out, so, so don't have false hope in that. So instead of giving a deadline, here's what I want us to do. Maybe you can ask, okay, God, here it is. Instead of giving a deadline, do this. Say, God, what do you wanna teach me? You get it? Write that down. Instead of giving a deadline, say, God, what do you want to teach me in the valley that I'm in? And I think that will help you find, here's what I think. I think asking God, what do you want to teach me? He's going to help you find more purpose uh, in that valley than just you trying to get out of it. I think he might have something to tell you. So, so what we do is we recognize where we are, take intentional steps, and, and we just look at God, which goes to the, to the third thing that we do, and this is this. And this is the hardest one, everybody, but you, we got to trust and obey. we got to trust and obey. So here's what I want to say. And again, I, I I know like where where we are. I know who we are as a church and like I love that that we have People are on all kinds of the spectrum when it comes to where you're at with God. Uh, and I do know that there's, there's, there's some here that you would say you're not a Jesus follower, but you feel comfortable in here to learn about God. We're so glad you're here. But here's, I want to talk to the Jesus followers right now. I want to talk to people who say, no, 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 I know that I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. And here's what I want to tell you, man. If you're a Jesus follower, I'm going to tell you what a marker of your life is. And it's, it's really not a marker of anybody else's life. Is this a, everybody else lives the other way, but this is what the marker of your life. The marker of your life is that circumstances don't guide your ability to follow Him. You hear me, everybody? Circumstances don't guide your ability to follow Him. You have a better path. You have a better guide. You don't have an emotion or two uh, or a circumstance or two to get you there. You have a person that gets you there. You have someone who gets you. there His name is Jesus, and that's why we do what we do, and that's why we stay on the path with God. That He's the one who drives your purpose. He's the one who drives. That's your identity. It's not the circumstances and things and even how you feel that drive what you do. You have a person, period. You hear me, everybody? That's the great part about this. You just keep looking at him. When Jesus was about to start his ministry, I love this, because he even gives us an example of what we do. When he was getting ready to start his ministry, this is in Matthew 4, if you want to follow there. We're not going to show that anywhere, but if you've never studied it, it's great. Uh, this is when he goes into the wilderness. He goes into a time uh, of the valley. He goes into the valley. And I think he did this on purpose to show us, like, here's what you can do. Uh, but this was right after he got baptized, which I love, too, because that's a mountaintop experience for, for everybody who saw. I mean, the Holy Spirit was there. God was there. The heavens opened up. He got baptized. It was just this huge thing. and then the Holy Spirit immediately leads him into this desert in this wilderness and he he enters into a day of 40 days uh, without eating and get this he was hungry okay like you can you imagine and so he was hungry and he was tired and and he was just wore out and so then what we see is satan comes to tempt jesus okay and and here's what i want us to understand there's no one to blame The Holy Spirit led him there. There There's nobody to point to, like, oh, this this is why I'm in this place. There's nobody to blame, okay, for being there. Uh, It was the Holy Spirit. And with every maneuver, here's what I want you to see or understand. With every maneuver that Satan had, every temptation that he gave Jesus, Jesus countered every single one of those with obedience to the word of God that's every time he had something to counter with what the word of God said and here's the deal like I know like I know it's Jesus and I'm gonna tell you to compare yourself to Jesus and he's God in the flesh I get that Uh, you know it's really hard to compare yourself to the son of man but I'm just saying like uh, but I think he did this for us as an example I think one of the reasons why we have this is for us to see this because here's the thing he had human stuff going on he was God in the flesh but he was also a man so he was hungry it said he was tired he was worn out he was weakened in fleshly terms not in godly terms but in fleshly terms but he never Never, uh, he never stopped staying close to God. And I think that's what we can learn from Jesus in the valleys. And so while you're in the valley, you gotta make sure that you stay close and connected, that you trust. This is not the easiest time to do it, but you gotta stay on the path of God and still get equipped, still get encouraged, still be around people of God. You see this with Jesus. Like you see it with Jesus. He wasn't out of the valley when he did that, but that's what, listen to me, that's what got him through the valley. You see that? That's what it got him through the valley. I think one of the best things you can do in a valley is fast, I think fasting is like a very underutilized spiritual discipline. And I think the one time that it's best to do is when you're in a valley of your life. I think it just opens up other avenues of access to God and what He could do. Uh, And so if you don't know what fasting is, biblical fasting uh, is where you just abstain from food for a period of time. That's what it is. You abstain from food. Uh, Most common is about a day, a 24-hour period where you say, I'm going to fast for that day. Uh, And you do maybe have several people praying for you if you want. Uh, But you can do it in different ways. But here's the goal. The goal isn't that you're denying food. The goal uh, is to bring on the presence of God in a way where he's your spiritual food, where he is the sustainer of your life. And why you, food is important, because when that craving comes, which it will, that reminds you to say, God, I want that to be my craving for you. Uh, you know, sustain me at this time. Like, f- f- you know, come fill me up. It's a reminder for you to pray for your heart. Uh, and, and here's what I think. Fasting, so praying connects you to God. I think fasting in a way disconnects you from the world and just connects you to God in a different way, especially in the valleys of your life. And so So I just want to encourage you to look that up Look up fasting a little bit Uh, Bring fasting in on your life I've been praying uh, for us as a church To figure out how to do that as a season as a church So that we can have that more of a practice as a church Because I think it's really important Maybe we could do that together in a way Uh, I won't tell you when because then you won't come But I'm going to say I'm I'm thinking about that Uh, But in your valley man I I just want to encourage you For a few things and we'll be done Remember that God is the God of the valleys You hear me? He is the God of the valleys. He will lift you up and remember that they're normal. Just remember that they're normal, that that we all go through them and I wanna spur you on. Here's where I wanna spur you on. Trust and obey, trust and obey, okay? Lean into the spiritual disciplines more than ever. And I wanna tell you something, I'm gonna tell you something. You're not gonna feel like doing that third one. Like it's just, and and that's an indicator you're in a valley. And here's the thing, the tempter's close. That's what I, the tempter is close. And so we gotta get closer to God in these times. And at the end of his letter, at the end of his letter uh, in Ecclesiastes, here's what, here's what Solomon says, this is what I want us to end with. So it says, fear God, fear God, even in the valleys, wherever you're at in the mountains, and then keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. And so here's why you could do that. Here's why you could do that. You could do that. You could trust and obey. You can remember all this so you reflect on that. You can have that, that ability to get through these valleys, not because of what's in you. It's because who's in you, everybody? That you have Jesus in you. That you can empower him in you. That the Holy Spirit is working in you. He wants to see you through the valleys of your life. And so that gives you and drives you to pursue God more in the valleys of your life. That's what you lean into. That's your identity in the valleys. You can trust God. You can obey him and allow Jesus, listen to me, to be the Lord of your life. And let him lead you through the valley. Not just try to get you out of it. And and here's what I want to say. Don't elevate elevate the valleys to be something they're not. Okay, don't, don't do that. that, that's not what God wants you to do. And just let the valleys be what they're supposed to be, which are opportunities to shape your character, your identity, who Christ is in you, because that's the only thing you get to take with you, everybody. Like, you don't get to take anything else. You get to take who God made you to be while we were down here on earth and just other people. That's the only thing we get to take with us into eternity, okay? And and so uh, just allow God to develop you more and more through these valleys and allow him to be the God in your valleys with obedience and trusting him. So I want to say wherever you are with whatever is going on, man, I want to challenge you to take that on. Surround yourself with people. Surround yourself with God. Keep keep moving. Keep fighting the fight. And know that God is the God of the valleys. That he will see you through it. And let the things that are working drive you and bless you and and give you that boost. And so so instead of the valleys uh, perplexing you, just let them be what God wants them to be, which is just taking closer and closer steps to him. Let's pray. God, we just come to you thankful that you that you give us a path, like I read earlier this week that there is an ancient path that we can follow and I think so many people are off the path, they're on other paths, they're on these paths that everybody else is doing, they're not working. They're not working. So in the valleys of our, of our life, God, I pray that we can see your path clearly, that that Jesus talked about his path, that it's narrow, man. It's narrow, and, and few are on that, but I want to be part of that few. I pray for every single follower of Jesus in here that they want to be on that path with me as well and and that we can encourage and help one another through the valleys of our life that we, that we understand they're normal, that we know that they're impartial, and, and that we know that you have an answer for us in these valleys, whatever they are. God, uh, I just pray that we have the courage to name them that we don't blame somebody because we're in them. And then we see that we have power to get through them because of you in us, because of Jesus in us, because of the Holy Spirit You can do so many things uh, through us and we're so grateful that we have that. Lord, I pray for encouragement right now. If anybody going through a valley right now, I can, I can just feel that right now, just that I know there's valleys right now and I, I going on in this room and, and people watching and I just pray uh, that they could see you in it. They see your call that they don't stay on the bus too long, that they can get off when you call them off, Lord, but that they can see your path, and that they follow you in it. We love you, and we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, that concludes our service, everybody. So glad you came out. And for all of you in here and watching, just a few things before you go. Uh, If you're interested in group, uh, we've got Blair out there uh, representing Group Launch, and I would encourage you to go talk to him about our groups if you're interested in getting them in in the fall. Uh, And if you're watching online and you want more information on that as well, you can go to our events page on riverridge.tv. And with that said, uh, have a great Sunday, and we'll see you next week.